We would like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or, of course, on your computer for live streaming, www.citr.ca. We have uh, quite a show planned for you this evening. And uh, a little later on, after the jazz feature, um, I'm looking forward to talking with one of the finest singers uh, in the Vancouver area or in Canada. As a matter of fact, she lives right here in our city. She has a brand new CD out, and her name is Karen Plato. And she's going to be my guest after the jazz feature this evening, and we're going to be discussing and playing some music from her brand new CD. I featured uh, a number of tunes uh, a couple of weeks ago, so we'll be doing, uh, well, whatever Karen would like to uh, uh, program, and we'll be chatting with her and um, carrying on some. So, hope you can uh, be around for all of that, and of course, our jazz feature this evening, and of course, we always start the show with the jazz feature, is none other than Herbie Hancock. Herbie Hancock who is coming to this year's Vancouver International Jazz Festival. Believe it or not, he's 79. He just turned 79, and he is as youthful as ever. And, of course, his show at the Queen Elizabeth Theater is going to be high energy, high creativity, high musical, and just uh, all about uh, Herbie Hancock. He was here a number of years ago, and his show was quite astounding, and I'm sure this one will be too. And, of course, he'll be traveling with some of the best musicians on the planet, Herbie Hancock. And he is our jazz feature artist this evening. We are going to go back to a very productive period in Hancock's life. Um, He had emerged from the city of Chicago, Uh, He studied classical music, and his main influences were um, people like Morris Ravel, and of course he played Mozart, and uh, he really didn't uh, know or hear much jazz until uh, some friends of his played him records by Claire Fisher, Bill Evans, and Gil Evans, and Herbie was sold on jazz. And um, he began to uh, listen to it more and kind of study how it was done and so on because he'd already established himself as an amazing uh, child prodigy on the piano. So he just made, he made the switch. And, of course, um, he was born and raised in Chicago, and, of course, there were some great musicians living in the Windy City at that time, and some incredible piano players like Jody Christian, Willie Pickens, and one guy, Chris Anderson. Now, Chris Anderson is not very well known, but he's an amazing piano player. Um, like Lenny Tristano, who was a Chicago, um, uh, was born in Chicago, uh, Chris Anderson was blind, but he was a, a musical genius, and Hancock Uh, begged him for lessons, and he learned a lot from Chris Anderson. So it wasn't long 
Uh, and of course, um, Herbie earned uh, music degrees and other degrees from Grinnell University and emerged into the jazz world and began sitting in and, and getting heard around the Chicago area. And he began playing gigs. Uh, one of his first gigs with a major jazz musician was with the father of the tenor saxophone, Coleman Hawkins. And he met trumpeter Donald Byrd. And it was Donald Byrd who convinced Herbie to make the move to New York City. And um, he became part of Donald Byrd's uh, entourage and began recording with Donald Byrd, made some of his first albums, um, his first recordings with, uh, with Donald Byrd. And of course, um, because some of those recordings were for Blue Note Records, they were very impressed with Herbie, the owners of Blue Note, Alfred Lyon and Francis Wolfe, and they signed Herbie up. And his first album was called Taken Off, and to this day it is an excellent album, and it included a young Freddie Hubbard and one of the veteran tenor saxophone masters, Dexter Gordon. And that recording, that whole recording, is a great one, and I'm sure many have heard that particular recording. But it contained a hit, or it be, it was a, a piece of music on there that Herbie wrote for the record, and it became a hit. And you know what that tune was? Watermelon Man. And... That really put Herbie on the map as a composer. And, of course, more records followed. And in early 1963, Miles Davis called. He was reforming his quintet, and Herbie Hancock became the new pianist in Miles Davis's second great quintet. And he was on his way. Now we come to tonight's feature, and... I think it's one of Hancock's finest recordings under his name from this incredibly fertile period. And uh, we all know about probably his most famous Blue Note recording, which was called Maiden Voyage. This one came about um, a few months before Maiden Voyage. The album was called Empyrean Isles, and it's a quartet date. And it features Freddie Hubbard playing the cornet, which is a smaller, sharper-sounding um, version of the trumpet. And on bass, from the Miles Davis organization, was the great Ron Carter. And on drums was the incredible teenager Tony Williams. And, of course, Herbie on piano. And this album is absolutely phenomenal. Um, a lot of albums that sort of feature trumpet, piano, bass, and drums, um, people listen to that and say, well, it's a little bit empty. They need a saxophone in there to kind of fill it out. This album really doesn't need that. And Freddie Hubbard is nothing short of amazing. All the musicians are amazing on this album. And it's a true classic. So we're going to hear the entire album Empyrean Isles. And it was a hit. The first track we're going to hear is a piece of music. All of the four compositions on this album were all written by Herbie Hancock. The first piece of music is a um, kind of a sexy, funky thing. 
entitled Cantaloupe Isle. Cantaloupe Island. And it kind of sets up the whole album. And that particular piece of music became a hit, another hit for Herbie Hancock as well. And um, Cantaloupe Island is followed by a very interesting, uh, much more uh, spacey, more avant-garde kind of piece called The Egg. And then we're going to hear a tune called One Finger Snap. And we're not going to hear the version that is on the that was on the original LP. We're going to hear the alternate take of that, which is actually better. And it was one of the few alternate takes that's actually better than the um, originally issued one. And One Finger Snap is uh, a virtuoso piece of music where everybody just plays right out. And uh, the final piece of music is called Oliloki Valley, and that kind of um, ends the album. So only four tunes on the album, Cantaloupe Isle, or Cantaloupe Island, The Egg, One Finger Snap, and Oliloki Valley. So that's our jazz feature album this evening, Empyrean Isles. Once again, on cornet, the incredible Freddie Hubbard. On bass, Ron Carter. On drums, the genius teenager. Uh, he was 18 when he made this album. Tony Williams. And, of course, on piano, one of the great jazz masters. And I'm so happy that he's coming to Vancouver, the great Herbie Hancock. So sit back and enjoy the music.
Thank you.
our jazz feature this evening, the wonderful Herbie Hancock, who will be coming to Vancouver. Yes, and uh, this is, uh, for me, um, one of his pivotal albums from a very fertile period in his career. Um, he was already, of course, a member of Miles Davis's second great quintet, and that kind of catapulted him to uh, fame. But he had a recording contract with Blue Note Records, and, of course, he was working as a sideman and um, did some marvelously original albums as a leader for the label. And I guess the best-known album is his album called Maiden Voyage. But this album, I think, ranks right up uh, with Maiden Voyage, and um, it's a very uh, creative album, covers, as Herbie Hancock always has, covers a lot of basses. And uh, we heard four original compositions played by uh, Herbie, of course, and um, composed by him, with the incredible young herald of the trumpet, Freddie Hubbard. And actually, Freddie was playing the cornet on this particular session. The cornet's a smaller, sharper version uh, of the trumpet. And uh, some people like that. Nat Adderley and, and a few others. Uh, Thad Jones, um, great, great trumpet players, preferred the cornet to the, uh, to the straight trumpet. Um, anyway, Freddie chose to play the cornet on this. Um, it, uh, and it gave a little, um, I guess, sharper sonority than uh, the regular trumpet. And, of course, Freddie was in absolute top creative form. And on bass, the great Ron Carter. from uh, and, and on drums, the teenage sensation. He was 17 at the time. 18, actually, when, when this was recorded in 1964. And uh, I'm talking about Tony Williams. And, of course, uh, um, Tony was uh, one of those people that actually revitalized Miles Davis's playing. Um, it was uh, quite incredible when Tony joined Miles' band. Uh, Miles began to play all kinds of very different things because... Uh, the way Tony played, no other drummer played at that time. And, of course, uh, Tony's influence is still very strong. Anyway, these four marvelous gentlemen playing um, Herbie Hancock's compositions. The album was called Empyrean Isles, and it was originally issued on Blue Note Records. So only four tunes. We opened with the, um, I guess, kind of sexy, funky, a uh, piece of music, which was uh, uh, another hit for Herbie Hancock. It's a tune called Cantaloupe Isle, or Cantaloupe Island. And uh, every band in the world started playing this tune um, and, and trying to get the, the feel that uh, Herbie got on this particular record. So that opened the set. Then we moved to a very adventurous piece of music called The Egg, and that had a whole bunch of different uh, properties. And... The next tune after that was uh, an alternate take. Um, rather than the original uh, take which came out on the album, this is an alternate take, and it's one of the few alternate takes that's actually better than the originally released one, even though there's, there's a couple of minor flubs on there um, that uh, 
hardly anybody would notice unless you were a musicologist. Um, and th- this take of one finger snap was definitely the superior one. So that's what we heard. And the final tune was called Oliliki Valley. All these compositions by the great Herbie Hancock. And that was our jazz feature this evening. And hopefully um, tickets, you know, are on sale for uh, Herbie Hancock. He'll be playing at the Queen Elizabeth Theater. I don't know who he's bringing with him, but you can be sure that they'll be all top-notch musicians. And if you go on to the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society, which is coastaljazz.ca, you can buy the tickets. Yeah, there you go. You want to hear Herbie Hancock, right? He's 79 years old, and he's, he's as youthful as all get out. And, of course, you know that he's going to be playing great music. So there you go. Our jazz feature artist this evening, Herbie Hancock. Certainly hope you enjoyed the album. We are going to go right now and introduce a wonderful lady who has uh, come all the way out here to UBC. She is uh, one of the shining lights of the music musical community here in Vancouver and um, one of the most wonderful singers you're ever going to hear. She has, um, over the years, put out uh, several um, discs, but this is her brand new one. And... Uh, the lady I'm talking about is Karen Plato. Hi, Gavin. How are you? I'm good. I got my Herbie Hancock ticket, so <laughs> that's why I was able to come out and, and be on your show tonight. Safely oh. got my tickets in hand. Oh, good for you. <laughs> Thanks for having me as a guest. Oh, hey. I'm so happy that you were able to make it out here. Oh, and, me too. And... Uh, sort of dodge all the construction and everything out here at UBC. <laughs> it's exciting to be out here. I've never been to your the studio, so it's pretty special environment where you get to hang out every every Monday night. Oh, right? I know. I know. <laughs> you know, um, just going back a little while, um, you originally came here from Saskatchewan, right? That's right. Yeah, and you've been here for a number of years. Yeah, I, it was 1985, so now I've been here longer than you know than my years in Saskatchewan. Right. Yeah, this is home now. Oh, well. <laughs> home number two. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, So, of course, um, you're involved with more than... Uh, Singing, you you teach as well, right? That's right. So I mean, I started out as a classical musician uh, on the piano, and really, as I I do have to say in in most interviews, it's Shannon Gunn who's now in Toronto. Oh, sure, I know Shannon. I, uh, yes, yeah, of yeah. course you do. And yeah. I really, it's it's really because of Shannon that my musical directions um, began to to grow and change. Um, because before CAP University was a university, it was a college, I went there one year, and that was 1985, and Shannon was teaching there. And although that wasn't a jazz program at that point, uh, of course, Shannon is a jazz vocalist, instructor, and so she began to to say, give this, give this music a chance, Karen. And uh, I, I, I didn't love it right away, the way many other uh, jazz aficionados say they did as soon as they heard it it, whatever it is, um, I didn't. I had to grow into it, um, and that's that's a fact. So I 
I, I'm aware that we all know that jazz fans are, um, we are few. It's still not the so-called popular music. Um, but in my role as a music teacher then, I think it's very important for me to gently um, show different students um, music under the jazz umbrella so that maybe maybe they will get their jazz bug a little sooner than I did. Uh, but I thank Shannon Gunn for my love of jazz. <laughs> oh, that, that's great. You know, that's an interesting... Uh, I think a lot of people did that. For instance, uh, Rini Rosness... That's right. ...was, that's right. was uh, classically trained, and it wasn't until Bob Rabigliati <laughs> yeah. gave her an Oscar Peterson record. Right. And, and um, well, then everything... Everything, <laughs> everything changed. <laughs> well, I can do that. <laughs> I have, you know, the, the, the technique. Well, Herbie Hancock was similar to that. He... He was a classical music uh, prodigy. Right, that's true. And he had not, his family um, were not a jazz-loving family. Mm-hmm. You know, they listened to classical music. Yes. And, and Herbie was playing Mozart and all this kind of stuff. And it wasn't until somebody turned him on to some jazz recordings. That uh, that he that he lo- probably loved it immediately. Oh, yeah, then. he just latched yes. on. And, yes. and, of course, by that time, he had he had the... The chops. Yes. To, oh, I can do this. Oh, sure, I'll try this and mm-hmm. whatever, you know. Yes, it's so, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, um, yeah, that's it. Well, that's interesting in your story. Yeah, well, because I definitely am not a prodigy, that's for sure. And, you know, would have had the classical music that I was studying as a, as a piano student and then the rock and pop of my day growing up in the prairies. So um, it, it's still, I still feel really lucky to have had Shannon and then people like Tom Kilney's side, who was also there teaching at the time. And, you know, just this gentle, check this out, listen to this, Frank Sinatra, you know. And, and uh, so it was a, uh, a slow, I'm a, a slow learner maybe, but I'm so glad because now I can't, I can't imagine my life without jazz. Um, I still love classical music and that's important in my life as well. But uh, jazz is, is my thing <laughs> for sure. Wow, that's that's a wonderful story. Uh, so you have a brand new CD out. Yes. And uh, we did play uh, well, a couple of weeks ago on the show. I played several things from this uh, CD. This could be the one. Is the name? <laughs> did you come up with that title? I <laughs> did. It might it might sound like a bit of a you know a, a cheeky title. The the title track is the simplest tune on on the recording and. Um, Curiously, I actually wrote it while sitting in a hammock on a camping trip. I just had my uke. But I knew that I wanted some one other little thing, and it, it, it ends up being a, a love song, which, you know, not a romantic love song, but um, it's very simple, but fun to play on, and the guys seem to uh, jump to the challenge. Uh, I fleshed it out into a real arrangement, so it's not anymore um, the way it was when I was sitting in the hammock. Right, and the course. title just seemed to, it just kind of stuck and it seemed like a, uh, it, it could work as a as a title. Uh, the running theme for the recording may not be as obvious right away, but, um, you know, within my, my liner notes, I describe uh, this notion of these so-called characters that we, we may meet in life. And so uh, I'm calling them characters. They're just things that happen, you know, love, uh, loss, uh, the whole concept of life being a game, etc. So um, the running theme is this notion of most of us having to go through 
you know, all, all, all these, these different things, things. and and we don't get a uh, we don't get away with uh, not having the bad as well as the good. That's just the way life life goes. I think I think that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, I think so. Mm-hmm. Well, it has to be a balance, and you have to see, I guess, both sides. I think so. Yeah. I believe that to be the case. Yes. Now you picked some wonderful musicians to uh, to work with on this album. I adore these musicians, and you know, I love to say this is my band. It's definitely not my band. These men, they they in this case are all men. They play with many people. I did kind of handpick these musicians over a period of a few years where in in the various gigs we did, I had thought about who would be good together for various reasons. Um, And so, you know, uh, Chris Gestern at the piano, okay, well, he's a chameleon, of course. What I really like about his his approach to music and his his demeanor is that he's so very positive. He's just an easygoing, friendly human being. You're right. And the way he plays is, um, for for my ears at least, is it, it's never flashy. Although he can do that, of course, mm-hmm. it's always with a lot of thought and care and space. Which I am the older I get, I'm really appreciating. So he's able to do that. And on James Standifer, I've fallen in love with the with the clarinet, the bass clarinet. My youngest sister played the bass clarinet um, as, as I was, you know, already in university years. So I have an affinity towards that instrument in particular. And James is just an well, unbelievable. He's, one of the best. he's absolutely. He and really again, is. as a human being, you know, he's really funny as, as when he's a band leader. Beyond that, he's just, he's very um, careful again. Uh, playing When we play together, there's such care and thought before a note or notes are played. And, mm-hmm. But he can dig in, he can really burn. So I, I love his sound. Um, Lawrence Mullerup is such an understated, lay it, lay it down kind of player. Again, not flashy. He can, of course, he can play classical music and jazz and gospel and all of that. And he's just, again, he's he's the kind of personality, at least I think in that band, where he doesn't take a lot of solos, and he could, because I was, you know, he's mm-hmm. he's content to lay lay that pulse down along with Joe Poole, who, oh. you know, Joe Poole, we have a lot of fantastic drummers in our city, and I, I enjoy many of them. But in this case, um, even though I'm a loud human being, I'm a pretty loud talker, I really enjoy, um, I like pianissimo a lot in my music making too. Right. And Joe Poole is the kind of drummer that can do that. And he's, well, he, everyone loves, loves Joe. There's, you know, there's a reason. He's just he's all a, about the music. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's so relaxed. Oh, yes. yes. You know, but he, he has this intuitive kind of sense. Uh, this is what is going to work here. Yes. Uh, yes. I've always admired that with Joe. He has that kind of maturity. A lot of musicians don't, especially drummers, they can be, you know, overbearing and, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I want to show my chops and all that. Yes. Joe never does that. I don't think so either. When when it's time to do that, Ooh, he does. Yeah. does and he can do that. Yeah. yeah. So in this context, with some of the pieces I had written um, and we had tried it at a few different gigs, there were just certain things I can envision. The curious thing is, if anyone does take the time to listen to the whole record, it, it ends up sounding like a drummer's record at times because there are many 
intros or sections where I just wanted a Joe feature, and and mm-hmm. that's for me makes it really exciting. I'm I'm in there, of course. I'm singing the the text, but um, it's quite fun to have a lot of passages where it's not really a drum solo that you know that comes in later after a couple so-called choruses, but there'll be a long segment where he is the feature sound, I guess you'd say, within the rhythm section. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love that. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear some music. Okay. Um, you picked out a couple of tunes. Uh, the first one is called Sweet Summer. Sweet Summer. Yeah. Did you, you wrote that. I did. And you know what, Gavin? It was the very first tune that we recorded oh, at that okay. session. And I will never forget, we, I had done a lot of prep. We had we rehearsed. I didn't know how it was really going to go down. Mm-hmm. And I remember from the first few notes that the band played, and I'm not just making this up, I just thought, this is going to be good. They they just, there was a beautiful connected feeling uh, with the players and and the rest of that session was really like that so this is the, it isn't the first tune on the on the CD but I remember from that moment on this is gonna be okay was it a first take <laughs> the first take yeah and so that you know in each case that's we did a few takes and it was yeah that one that's the way it was yeah very often um, the first take is the best yeah e- even though you know it's it, it can be well, Hmm, let's try another one. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, maybe just... Maybe it, it could it, be better or something it, like that. It never is. Yeah, well, in this case, <laughs> I know it was just this, okay, this is uh, this is the tone we're going to set for for this session. And uh, so cool. I feel very fortunate to, you know, to have, have it on, on, uh, on record, so okay. to speak. Okay, well, we're going to hear that one, and we're going to follow that one with uh, one called Take Time, which okay. is another one of your compositions, right? Yes, and that one includes an additional instrumentalist I adore and admire, and that's Rod Murray oh, on trombone, sure. another instrument that I've I've always loved. And, of course, Rod is uh, very popular in our, in our city, so oh. he's, got a, he's a wonderful player. Yeah, so is. that was a, a, a ni- nice addition to have uh, one other horn, you know, on, on a couple pieces. And in that piece, then you will hear Joe Poole get to to do a little of, of the Joe Poole thing within the beginning right. of that uh, piece. I, I remember once having a conversation with Rod, I think it was at Corey Seller, and I said, well, I said, I, I really enjoy your work. And, and uh, I said, y- you make the trombone almost a lovable instrument. <laughs> And of course, he threatened to punch me yeah. in the nose for that. <laughs> he's, he's so Rod is quite droll, isn't he? Oh, yeah. I, I, I really, I really like his personality too. But yeah, he can burn. He can really play, and oh, sure. he's, he's just a—he's a very fun person to have in an ensemble. Exactly. No denying it. So we're going to hear those two tunes. Okay. All right. So away we go. Karen Plato and company.
Roses and sweet peas and skies of blue Everyone longs for you if you only knew Maybe you'd hurry Wouldn't you? Maybe you'd hurt. 
Take time to tell the ones around you You really treasure who they are Just tell them, make time To spend with those around you Though life is busy, better take time, make time Nobody really knows just how it's gonna go But one thing's certain, love is what matters And we should tell each other that we appreciate The things we recognize before it's too late Someone you're sorry If you were in the wrong You know that's right It's time To feel a true forgiveness If you were wrong by someone Make it right Nobody really knows Just how it's gonna go But one thing's certain Love is what matters And we should tell each other That we appreciate The things we recognize Before it's too late someone around you you really treasure who they are just tell them make time to spend with those around you your life is busy better take time make time nobody really knows just how it's gonna go but one thing certain love is what matters and we should tell each other that we appreciate the things you recognize before it's too late All right, those were two marvelous tunes from Karen Plato's album. 
We heard, uh, well, all the people you mentioned, right? All the people. <laughs> <laughs> um, James Dandifer, of course, on clarinet. Chris Jestrin on piano. Lawrence Muller up on bass. Joe Poole on drums. Um, and on the second tune, uh, Rod Murray Rod on Murray. trombone. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, the first tune was entitled Sweet Summer, and the second tune was called Take Time. Mm-hmm. Nice. Joe was taking it. Joe was playing with time there. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was. Well, his use of brushes and I everything like that. Yeah. He, he gets such a great sound out of his drums, too. He really yeah. does. Yeah. yeah. He works at it, of course, constantly, right? Oh, yeah. Tweaking, and, and uh, I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure a lot of drummers do, but it's fun to watch him uh, tweak mm-hmm. it, as they say. So, from. Uh, from this album, um, we're going to hear a couple more tunes. Um, again, uh, the first one is a standard, isn't it? It is. And the, and of course it's the an fun, old It's an, it's old, an old, old standard. Now, the funny thing is some people... Did you learn it on piano? I did. And, uh, I, I and when my so. dad was alive, I even taught my, my dad, I've mentioned this in other interviews too, it's true that this piece, everybody knows it even if they don't know how to play the piano. They've probably had their cousins say, can you do this? And then and play the top part of it or the, or the bottom chords, show them how to do that. And I, you know, I've done it with my sisters. And uh, so everyone, seemed, whether they play the piano or not, that's probably how they first uh, hear it. Yeah. And then some people don't realize it's an actual standard, an actual song with beautiful lyrics. And and so um, I've got a slightly different approach to it. This is also the only tune on the recording that I played the piano. I wanted to play the piano on one piece of music. And so James Dandifer agreed to, to do a duet with me. And so, um, yeah, I, I really do love that tune. But it's it's quite fun to have a more ballad approach to it in this case. But who doesn't like to bash out this piece on the piano? I haven't set the title yet, have I? <laughs> <laughs> Heart and soul. Right, right. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember uh, the first time I heard Bud Powell play this tune. Oh. And, and of, of course, everybody, as you said, you know, yeah. it's one of those tunes that even if you don't, uh, I mean, when I was a kid, I, I, you would have played it. I can mm-hmm. play some piano. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, everybody could do heart and soul. You know, fun. Da, 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 so fun. Instant duet, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. And... And then I heard uh, Bud's version of, of it, and I was like, oh, <laughs> wait a minute here. <laughs> Other possibilities. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and uh, well, we're going to follow that. Uh, we're going to hear you play the piano on Heart and Soul, and, of course, and, and uh, sing it yes. in your inimitable style. <laughs> and, uh, um, and then we're going to hear the title track. Okay. So... Oh yes, this is that's the tune you wrote on the on the, that, on the uke. Yeah, it's a the, on, the title track is on my, on my ukulele. Gorm and I were camping. This is in, the the hammock tune, right? The, that's right, <laughs> in the hammock. And so, in fact, the recording session was about to happen in about two weeks uh, after this this camping trip, and uh, you know, which might not have seemed like great timing, but I, you know, I was thinking about the music and the lyrics and all these other things that were in place, and I I still kind of wanted one more tune I admit so it was something that came to me fairly quickly and of course once home I went to the piano and did develop an actual arrangement but um you know it's it's not a 
a hugely sophisticated tune, but there's something fun about it. I've played it with the guys a lot, different tempos, uh, not on the uke. You know, I've played it on the uke, but mm-hmm. we, we've played it a few different ways, and there's a, a line I've written um, for the for the bass and for the bass clarinet that kind of define a little bit of a groove. It's it's just a fun tune to do. It's a minor key. It's uh, I think it's actually, when I think about it, this, yeah, there are two minor keys uh, on the recording, strangely for me, because I love... I love minor keys, you know. I do too. So I, I really do, and I think in other recordings, I believe I've had uh, more than just a couple. Mm-hmm. And so in this case, it's not a mournful tune by any means, and, and minor doesn't mean sad as. Oh you know, no! Of, of course, course not. not. Yeah. And you know, little kids, you they maybe that's how you teach them. Maybe you teach them between happy, sad, major, minor. Right. Um, so it's a simple tune, and there it is, the first track and the title track, and uh, this could be the one. All right. <laughs> So we begin with the legendary legendary heart and soul. <laughs> Here we go. Okay.
Somehow it's hoping when words are spoken, this could be the one. Tender and true to you, and fills you with emotion. A new devotion, you get the notion, this could be the one. Love is worth it, every single try. Maybe you will find a special one of a kind. This could be the one. This could be the one. This could be the one.
suffocated at the same time. Maybe you will find a special one of a kind. This could be the one. This could be the one. This could be the That well, was uh, definitely a hip cadenza there by Mr. <laughs> Mr. Dandifer. Yeah, yeah, I love it. What a marvelous player. Oh, on, he is. On he's just bass clarinet or regular clarinet. He's and saxophone, too. Oh, That's, saxophone. Yeah, he's he's yeah, an incredible saxophone He really player. is. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, he's uh, uh, a real treasure. He is. And, of course, uh, everyone else in the band. And we heard Heart and Soul with mm -hmm. your... <laughs> and you played the piano on I got that to one. play. Yeah, cool. I really wanted to play the piano on one piece, so that uh, just seemed like, like the right one. Yeah, I like the the feel on that tune, too. <laughs> Thanks, Gavin. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, kind of an original concept. Well, was, I could was, have bashed it out, I guess, but I didn't know if James would play a duet with me. If <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, the title track. Yeah, that's yeah. fun. That's, I like I like doing that It's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Have you... Um, do you have any 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 gigs planned uh, in the future well, the, with this the, band? Well, the, yes, I do. Mm -hmm. um, although Joe can't do it because uh, mm -hmm. Joe is a very good son. It happens to be on Mother's Day, and he's doing something with his mom. Oh, uh, right. But I'm doing um, my my annual, the annual Mother's Day Jazz Vespers. So it's this band, but it's with Joel Fountain on drums, and Joel Fountain oh, Joel, is Joel's, a fabulous drummer of too. Of course he is. Yeah. So and what I do for that gig is uh, I always have one of my usually young students uh, sing about four tunes with me in duet fashion mm. and this year I've got a little girl I've been teaching she's just 10 and she can really swing and she doesn't like certain other things but she likes swing tunes so cool. I'm, I'm quite delighted because um, her, her mom takes lessons with me too uh, her mom does other things but this little girl Rachel uh, likes to swing so we've got a couple of good arrangements to share and and yeah the band will still get to to stretch out and and uh and this little girl is 10 years old she's just 10 i've never had any i'm sure other of my colleagues have probably had young young girls or young boys yeah. um i've never had them quite that young who've liked the swing jazz thing yes they've liked broadway and pop and classical this little girl doesn't want to hear that. She wants to swing. So I'm thrilled. I'm in heaven <laughs> teaching a, her. She may be the next Anita O'Day. I don't know, but I, and she's a, a very special kid. So um, I asked and she said yes, so I'm delighted that she'll do it with us. Yeah. So teaching seems to inspire you too, doesn't it? Oh, it really does. I mean, and I'm not a parent, so this is my, perhaps this is my way of, of uh, connecting with, with the youth. Although... Uh, I, my oldest student these days is 81, so I have students of all ages. Wow. Uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> I have some really interesting students right now, and yes, that is my, uh, my teaching is how I support my jazz habit, shall I say that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course, uh, But yes. I, I think I'm a good teacher. I really, I, I do like teaching, and although I'm a fast talker, a fast speaker, one-on-one, um, uh, -on -one, I think I'm I can really become an effective teacher, and I have taught 
and do teach groups of people, um, you know, at music camps and, and things of that mm-hmm. nature. But anyway, this little girl that I mentioned, um, I, she has no aspirations of being, you know, so-called star, but no. there's something I hear when I'm listening to her sing and when I sing with her um, that is really interesting, my observation of something that happened so naturally with her. So I'm happy for her that, you know, at that young age, who knows where she will go with her music. I hope, I hope jazz. <laughs> That's what I hope. <laughs> Tell me, does the 81-year-old, is he into rap? I don't <laughs> think so, but he, I, I can't, I can't say uh, who it is, but it's someone who loves music dearly, and he does sing, and he sings in some choirs. Choirs, yeah. But he, he can play the piano, um, a, a little bit, and he is a beautiful singer, and he loves the great standards, and he likes to oh, do verses. And so, great. the the joke, you know, he jokes and says he when he comes to see me that you know he has got to keep coming to see me because Carnegie Hall hasn't called yet, so he <laughs> wants to be prepared. Oh, that's and I, I adore him. He's he's a very special man, and and I don't care what age a, a so you know a student is. I I right. take my role uh, seriously as to what that person might be looking for might need and and um yeah so i i guess i really am lucky to be in a position where i can um possibly influence someone on on, uh, in in directions they may may not have thought of before in music and hopefully i'm a a good mentor that's open-minded enough to not just say you shouldn't do that Mm -hmm. i want to make sure that i'm open-minded still have opinions about things that i Mm -hmm. i believe I hopefully know, uh, have learned about music myself, and then maybe pass that on and, and see see where that goes. No, <laughs> yeah. I have one more question. Okay. Who are your favorite singers? Oh, I have many. I, I know, I bet. I but, bet. I, you know, I, I have so many. Say, um, in, well. Okay, I'll say just a couple. In I, terms I, of jazz. In terms of jazz. Yeah. Nancy King, and, and I'm sure that you. Oh. Nancy King um, is someone that most people these days do know. She's a, a remarkable yes, she is. jazz musician because she really She treat, should be better known. She should be better known. And, um, uh, you know, living in Portland, and Gorman and I went down, not for a couple of years now, but on the train, just because we knew she really was singing and, and doing a gig. And um, she's, she's an unbelievable artist. And... Sheila Jordan, who just turned 90, is, you know, know, is someone that I um, admire so much, and I love her singing. I really do. It's something, is always that childlike love of the spirit of, of jazz and her, um, her approach to it. Mm-hmm. She sounds, to me, I mean, the, 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 the voice, at least, is the same as when she was a young woman. That's yes. not changed. It hasn't changed, uh, no, Right? It's really interesting. Yeah. And, uh, you know... I I just I like her uh, calling a spade a spade. You know, she's she's got a an opinion about music and how how one should approach it. So that's someone that definitely inspires me. And she's still taking the world by storm. You know, she's on tour all the time. Oh yeah. There is a singer that you maybe wouldn't know, and I would have to say it's a, it's a male. He's probably my favorite vocalist in the world these days, and that's someone named Andrea Scherer. And he was here last year at the Jazz Festival playing a free show um, with um, the group is called A Novel of Anomaly. 
and he is a remarkable musician that Gorm and I just fluked on seeing when we were on a holiday once in Frankfurt. And he's definitely been, uh, he will come probably because um, we communicate on occasion, either next year or the year after. But he's someone that is an unbelievable um, musician, composer, vocalist, um, and, you know, doesn't sing standards, but uh, but he is a, a true jazz musician. So, um, yeah, Andrea Scherer and uh, one of his, b- a big band that he has composed and arranged music for is called Hildegard Lernt Fliegen. And that's a German, uh, a German word saying Hildegard learns how to fly. It's a real trip. And if that big band came over here, um, when Ken Pickering was alive, he know, Ken knew how, how flipped out I was. And I would, you know, send Ken notes and, and links to see. And uh, I have to now maybe bug Rainbow a little bit to see if I can get you her should. interested. And get her interested yeah. because, I, you know, she's so open to yes new things new. And I'm sure that Rainbow knows all, all about him uh, and, and, the, and the big band. Probably quite a, an expensive adventure. But... Really, he is my 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 favorite. Um, oh, I'd like to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to familiarize okay. myself. Right. That's somebody I don't know. Okay. So, there <laughs> you go. You know, it's been such a pleasure having you out here, and and um, I'm really happy you were able to make it and, and talk about you know your your life in music and the the CD and and everything else and I, I really thank you. Well, I thank you for having me on the show. I re- I'm so thrilled that you know that I could come and see where you hang out every Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> now I know, but I really do appreciate you you um, having me on as a guest, Galvin. Oh well, it was my pleasure, and and uh, I just like to play um, a final piece. But well, before uh, before we say. Uh, au revoir, au revoir, shall we say? <laughs> and um, we're going to hear one more piece from uh, Karen's album. Uh, the album is called "This Could Be the One." How does one obtain oh, the album? Well, I know that it's available directly from my website. It's available at Red Cat Records on Main Street. Yes. And um, I'm just trying to think. Uh, it is distributed. Um, these days by Outside Music, which exists in Toronto. It's available online, and I know that most people seem to be getting Your music that way. Your website would be it, what? It's, it's karenplato.com. So, oh, okay. So, so the info's there, and it's it's available there. It's on iTunes and all those other platforms that Chris Gestrin said I had to, <laughs> to consider all the platforms, so it's there. Good. All <laughs> right. Well, now we know, and uh, we're going to... Uh, Say goodnight with uh, a final tune from Karen CD, and this is called I Have Just Seen a Face. A face, yeah. Whose face? It's, well, Gorm's. My husband, of Gorm. Course. You know it's of, about Gorm. Of course. It is. And and I had to, you know, it, it's, uh, it's not a jazz standard. It's a Beatles tune, but definitely when I sing it and, and uh, my bandmates know it's about Gorm too of course <laughs> of course well that's what I thought I, I, wanted, I, I just wanted to hear you say it <laughs> it really is <laughs> All about right. Gorm so take care and Thanks, uh, again it's been such a pleasure and I'll be seeing you at Herbie Hancock right oh of course <laughs> alright Karen thank you thank you so much and we're going to hear the tune okay Thank you.
Cause I can't forget the time or place when we first met He is the man for me And I want all the world to see we've met Time or place when we first met He is the man for me And I want all the world to see we've met
We just heard some music and an extensive interview with uh, one of the most uh, delightful people on the Vancouver music scene, vocalist Karen Plato. And we played uh, a variety of things from her brand new CD, This Could Be the One. And uh, this tune we heard was entitled, I've Just Seen a Face. And uh, that was Karen, of course, singing with James Dandifer on clarinet, Chris Jestrin on piano, Lawrence Mullerup on bass, and Joe Poole on drums. And, uh, of course, Karen Plato. You are listening to a special edition of The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9. Of course, if you're going to live stream, www.citr.ca. And uh, we've got a few things to tell you about. uh, And we shall be right back with some more music. This is The Jazz Show. And I'm Gavin Walker, and we'll be back in a very few moments. We don't need to tell you that Vancouver has a housing problem. Mass evictions. Mass evictions. Unfair rent increases. What happened to rent control and protection from unfair eviction? If these or other housing matters concern you, you may be interested in joining the Vancouver Tenants Union. For more information, visit tenantsunion.ca. We are so happy because Fun Drive 2019 is officially over. What a great feeling. To everyone who donated their time, their energy, and their money, the people who forgot to donate now but will online at citr.ca slash donate, those who couldn't donate this year but will next year, and to our community as a whole. CITR and Discorder just want to say... you're going to hear about the weather. <laughs> yes, always a, a, a hot topic in Vancouver. And, of course, uh, the weather is uh, forever changing. Tonight, partly cloudy, a little bit windy by the water with a low of 6. And then tomorrow is going to be cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower, I guess off and on during the day, and maybe uh, some wind in the afternoon with a low of 6 and a high of 12. Then the outlook for Wednesday is uh, showers uh, with a low of 7 and a high of 12, and then uh, it gets even darker on Thursday, periods of rain on Thursday with a low of 9 and a high of 13. And then Friday is cloudy with a 70% chance of a shower with a low of 10 and a high of 14. And then the weekend, of course, Friday is Good Friday. And uh, I remember 
Good Friday from, it always seemed to me, especially when I was a little kid, Good Friday always seemed to be gloomy and, and rainy. And then it would brighten up over the Easter weekend, which of course is, uh, is coming up this weekend. It is a long weekend. So Friday will be, um, as I said, cloudy with a 70% chance of a shower, the low of 10 and a high of 14. Then Saturday and Sunday, no precipitation and a nice mix of sun and cloud with lows between 5 and 6 and highs up to 14 for Saturday and Easter Sunday. And, of course, a lot of people are going to have Monday off as well, which is uh, uh, Earth Day, and um, that's the 22nd. So I think the weather's going to be pretty well the same for uh, Monday as well. So there you go. Mmm, the weather. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. Before we get uh, back to music, I'd just like to mention a couple of uh, very important websites uh, that you should check out. And I usually mention them uh, every, uh, every show. Uh, one of them is extremely important, and that's the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. Now, all of the concerts for this summer's jazz festival are on sale and Everything is on that particular website. You can um, buy tickets, uh, check out who you want to hear, uh, all of that sort of thing, and uh, is everything on a very comprehensive website. And that's coastaljazz.ca. And, of course, um, if you're interested in all the activities at Frankie's, which is Vancouver's leading jazz club, Frankie's Jazz Club on Beattie Street, um, there's a schedule for Frankie's. You can book tables. You can do all that stuff on that particular website. And that is, once again, coastaljazz.ca. And, of course, the people at uh, the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society have been working very hard. And as I mentioned before, one of the big stars of this year's jazz festival is none other than Herbie Hancock, of course, who was our jazz feature artist. And um, he'll be playing at the Queen Elizabeth Theater. And you can buy tickets right now if you get on to that website, coastaljazz.ca. The other fine website is vancouverjazz.com, and that's a very comprehensive website. Lots of interesting stuff on there as well. And um, great uh, to browse around that website. So coastaljazz.ca and vancouverjazz.com. And, of course, I always mention uh, Pat's Pub. Pat's Pub is in the historic Patricia Hotel. And every Saturday afternoon, some of our finest musicians perform at Pat's Pub. And the price is right. There's no cover. And uh, they have a fine selection of uh, beverages and good food, comfortable atmosphere, lots of parking, and it's quite safe despite the fact that uh, Pat's Pub is in the historic Patricia Hotel and it is the downtown east side, but it's actually pretty cool um, 
when you're in that particular area. So every Saturday afternoon from 3 to 7, some of our finest musicians perform for no cover at Pat's Pub. So be sure to check them out. It's always busy down there on Saturdays. And uh, get down there early. Get a good seat and uh, hear some great music there. We all know what happened today in Paris. And the terrible fire that took place at the uh, Notre Dame Cathedral. And it's so sad, and hopefully the process of uh, rebuilding and preserving uh, some of the treasures that uh, that cathedral contained will, in time, be refurbished, renewed, and regain its former stature. So in honor of Paris and the people of France and the people all over the world, I must say I'd like to play you a piece of music by the great Max Roach with his uh, ensemble. This was actually recorded in Paris, and it features a great... um, organization that Max put together with the two Turrentine brothers, originally from Pittsburgh, and um, both of them went on to, especially Stanley Turrentine, uh, went on to great fame and, uh, and fortune as well. Stanley Turrentine on tenor saxophone and his brother Tommy Turrentine, a very underrated trumpeter who is in magnificent form on this. On bass, is Bobby Boswell. He's another uh, product of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, like the Turrentine brothers. And on trombone is one of the surviving uh, members of this organization, the great Julian Priester on trombone. So we have the Turrentine brothers, Tommy and Stanley, on tenor saxophone and trumpet, respectively, Julian Priester on trombone, Bobby Boswell on bass, and, of course, Max Roach, on drums, and he wrote this piece of music um, dedicated to the city of Paris, and we're playing this in honor of that city and the people of France. The uh, piece of music is called Parisian Sketches, and uh, there are various movements uh, in here. Um, We open, the first movement is called The Tower, and of course that refers to the Eiffel Tower, and uh, movement number two is uh, dedicated to, it's called uh, the Chant. And, of course, that's the Chant de Lycée. And tune number three is dedicated to the caves. And um, tune number four is entitled Lo- The Left Bank. And the tune number five, the final uh, movement, is dedicated to the Arc de Triomphe. And it's called the Arc. So, here then, in its entirety, the Max Roach and company, dedicated to the people of France and the city of Paris, Parisian sketches. (laughs) 
Max Roach, drummer, great drummer, one of the pioneers of modern jazz, leading his band. All of this was recorded in Paris, and it was dedicated to the city of lights. And uh, it was called Parisian Sketches. And I played this in honor of the what happened, the terrible fire that happened today in the city of Paris at the uh, Notre Dame Cathedral. And, uh, of course, the, uh, the tragedy of, uh, of loss. And um, it's obviously affected people throughout the world. And so I played that in honor of uh, the French people and the city of Paris. Parisian sketches, and uh, it had um, five movements. Um, the Eiffel Tower was the first movement. Then uh, we moved to the movement number two, which was uh, uh, the Champ d'Elysée. And then we moved to uh, the Caves, movement number three. Movement number four was the left bank. And movement number five, the concluding movement, was the Arc de Triomphe. And uh, all composed by Mr. Max Roach and played by his stellar ensemble. That included Bobby Boswell holding everything down on bass and the two Turrentine brothers, Stanley on tenor saxophone and Tommy on trumpet, and in the middle, Julian Priester on trombone, who is still very much with us. And uh, he is the surviving member of this stellar quintet. Parisian Sketches. You know that uh, our jazz feature artist, if you have been listening to the whole show this evening, was uh, Herbie Hancock. And I'd like to play you a couple of tracks. This is his very first recording. Um, he hadn't been in, in a recording studio. This is his recording debut. And, of course, it was trumpeter Donald Byrd that uh, brought and... Um, brought Herbie to New York City from Chicago. And, of course, um, he was featured in, in Donald's um, working group. So this is from an album which um, actually um, came out in the mid-'80s, even though it was recorded in 1961. And it is Herbie's recording debut. And it features uh, Donald Byrd on trumpet, and he's the leader, along with his best buddy, Pepper Adams, the great voice of the baritone saxophone. He was also known as The Knife. And the reason for that is because his sound, no matter how big the band, you could hear Pepper Adams. It cut through um, any ensemble like a knife. And, and so he got that nickname, not because he <laughs> carried a knife or anything. He was a very peaceable man and a wonderful musician. The late, great Pepper Adams on baritone saxophone, Herbie Hancock, as I mentioned, on piano, Doug Watkins, the late Doug Watkins on bass, and Teddy Robinson on drums. We're going to hear two tunes. First one is a Johnny Mercer tune that Sonny Rollins recorded, and uh, we're going to hear the band's version of I'm an Old Cow Hand. I'm an Old Cow Hand from the Rio Grande. And uh, the tune number two we're going to hear is a Donald Byrd original composition called You're Next. So here then, 
young Herbie Hancock on piano, his recording debut with the Donald Byrd Quintet.
Those two tracks are from an album by trumpeter Donald Byrd. And it was one of those Blue Note albums that, uh, even though it was recorded in 1961, it didn't come out uh, until the mid-'80s. And it's a fine recording, uh, of course, as you heard, with uh, Donald Byrd on trumpet and his buddy, Detroit buddy, the great Pepper Adams on baritone saxophone, and on bass, Doug Watkins, and on drums, Teddy Robinson. And on piano, a young man who had just emigrated to New York City from Chicago. This was his first time in the recording studio. I think you recognize his name, Herbie Hancock. This is his recording debut. And it was all done in New York City, April 14th. 1961. We heard two tunes, uh, an up-tempo version of the, the old Johnny Mercer tune, I'm an Old Cow Hand, and uh, the second tune, slowing things down into uh, almost a funky groove, um, a tune written by Donald Byrd entitled, You're Next. Donald Byrd and company and Herbie Hancock beginning his incredible musical career, and uh, he's still going strong. He's 79 years old. He's going to be here at the Vancouver International Jazz Festival this summer. He'll be performing at the Queen Elizabeth Theater. Tickets for that concert are on sale now. There you go. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9, or, of course, for live streaming, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker. We're going to turn to some, well, it's big band music, but it's not like a huge band, but it's full of all-stars. And all the tunes are written by a gentleman named A.K. Salim. Yes, A.K. Salim. Uh, He was born um, Albert Atkinson, and then he um, adopted the Muslim faith and became Ahmad Khattab Atkinson, or A.K. Salim. And uh, um, he was born in Chicago, and he was um, a saxophone player, but he turned to writing. And uh, he writes um, simply and direct. And made, he made a bunch of albums for Savoy Records in the 50s, And uh, this is one of them. And this is a wonderful band that he put together. Nat Adderley is on cornet. Uh, Joe Wilder is on trumpet. Buster Cooper on trombone. Phil Woods on alto saxophone. Selden Powell on tenor saxophone and flute. Sahib Shahab on baritone saxophone. Eddie Costa on piano. George DeVivier on bass. And Wilbert Hogan on drums. And that's the band. And we're going to hear three tunes, all written by um, A.K. Salim. The first one is called Payday. The second tune is called Joy Box. And the third tune is entitled Full Moon. And I'll let you know the soloists after we hear the music. Uh, yes. 
I had to set this thing up, and uh, uh, I haven't done a great job yet uh, to do that. <laughs> so just hang on while I uh, uh, program what we're going to play properly here. Sorry for the delay. Here's the music. Thank you. 
We heard three tunes composed and arranged by A.K. Salim, Ahmad Katab Salim, gentleman born in Chicago and uh, was an arranger, composer. And this is from an album that came out on Savoy Records called Blues Sweet. And uh, A.K. Salim, as I said, wrote, conducted the band and composed those three tunes featuring uh, various people in the band. Now, the band was full of all-stars. Nat Adderley on cornet, Joe Wilder on trumpet, Buster Cooper on trombone, Phil Woods on alto saxophone, Selden Powell on tenor saxophone, Sahib Shahab on baritone saxophone, Eddie Costa on piano, George DeVivier on bass, and Wilbert Hogan on drums. The tunes we heard, the first one was called Payday, and that featured Buster Cooper, one of the um, very fine trombonists of uh, this or any other era. The second tune was called Joy Box, and that referred to uh, musicians used to call um, the piano the box, and um, that featured uh, Eddie Costa on piano. Uh, on that tune with his unique um, uh, style. And uh, the final tune was called Full Moon, and that featured the uh, lusty alto saxophone of none other than the late, great Phil Woods. So with those uh, three pieces, Payday, Joybox, and Full Moon, the music of A.K. Salim. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or live streaming, of course, um, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we are going to continue the music for a while longer from one of my favorite Thelonious Monk albums. This is called Five by Monk by Five. And it features Monk's quartet, but added to the quartet is some incredible cornet playing by the great Thad Jones. Now, a lot of people uh, remember Thad Jones. He was the middle Jones brother, the famous family, Elvin Jones, the drummer, Hank Jones, the pianist. Thad Jones was the middle brother of that musical family. And, of course, he made his name um, not only as a player, of course, but uh, as mainly as a writer and a band leader. Um, he led a band along with uh, drummer Mel Lewis, the Thad Jones, Mel Lewis big band. But the thing is, in my estimation, Thad Jones is one of the most original and incredible trumpet players. And uh, that seems to be overlooked his playing on here uh, is absolutely phenomenal, and it's the kind of trumpet playing that Thelonious Monk loved. And, of course, he, um, Monk, would have loved to have Thad Jones in his regular working band. But, of course, that wasn't possible because at the time, Thad Jones had a steady position working all over the world with Count Basie's orchestra, and he certainly wasn't going to leave that situation. Um, good money, uh, the best hotels, and traveling all over the world with the Basie band. Who would leave it and, uh, and freelance with Thelonious Monk? 
Um, so that wasn't in the cards. However, Monk brought him in for this particular recording date. We're going to hear two tracks. Uh, the first one is a composition by Monk, uh, dedicated to his cousin, his favorite cousin, Jackie, and it's called Jackieing. And uh, this was the uh, debut um, performance of this brand new tune that Monk had written. Uh, the second tune is an older one called I Mean You, and it features double solos by the horns. And the people involved here, of course, Thelonious Monk on piano, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Thad Jones playing cornet, um, Charlie Rouse, of course, on tenor saxophone, and a great rhythm section made up of Sam Jones on bass and Arthur Taylor on drums. And so we open with Jack Ying, and the second tune is called I Mean You. And I think one of, the, one of my all-time favorite trumpet solos is the second solo by Thad Jones on I Mean You. It, it tells a whole story. It reaches um, has a beginning, like a, a great story, it has a beginning, a middle, a climax, and an end. And, uh, well, you'll hear it. Music of Thelonious Monk. Thank you. 
We heard a set by Thelonious Monk and a quintet, uh, of course, uh, with the addition of Thad Jones on cornet, and of course, uh, regulars, Charlie Rouse on tenor saxophone, Sam Jones on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums. And all of this was recorded in June of 1959 from a wonderful album called Five by Monk by Five. And we heard the first tune was dedicated to Monk's cousin, Jackie, his favorite cousin, and it was called Jackieing. And uh, it was a brand-new composition um, composed for this particular record date. The second tune was an older tune by Monk entitled I Mean You. And that featured uh, double solos by the, uh, the two horns, Thad Jones on cornet and Charlie Rouse on tenor saxophone. And the third tune, of course, was a slow, snaky version of Monk's great blues piece built on uh, chromatics called Straight No Chaser. The music of Thelonious Monk. Closing another edition of The Jazz Show for two weeks, because next week all of the programs on CITR have been preempted uh, because CITR is joining a whole bunch of other uh, community radio stations to honor Earth Day. And um, there will be you're going to hear circadian rhythm of a Saturna Island marsh, right? Among some of the things you're going to hear on uh, for 24 hours on CITR. It's um, an experience in slow radio. So you're going to hear voices of frogs, birds, insects, and more. And they're going to take over the airwaves for this uh, incredible experience um, 
along with many, many other uh, radio stations throughout Canada and uh, celebrating Earth Day on the 22nd of April. And we'll be back on the 29th with uh, actually two special jazz features. One of them will be by Charles Mingus and his jazz workshop. And celebrating Mingus's birthday, which is, of course, a uh, birthday anniversary. Mingus was born on Earth Day in uh, Nogales, Arizona, in 1922. And on the... Uh, so we'll be celebrating Mingus's birthday on belated birthday uh, on the 29th. And we'll also be celebrating Duke Ellington's birthday anniversary. So two representatives from the astrology sign of Taurus, Charles Mingus and Duke Ellington. So we'll be back on the 29th of April for another edition, a special edition of The Jazz Show. And don't forget to tune in next Monday because for 24 hours, CITR will be celebrating Earth Day. That's it. And I would like to bid you all a very good night. On behalf of The Jazz Show, myself, Gavin Walker, and uh, all our wonderful uh, guests this evening, including uh, the wonderful Karen Plato, and who we chatted with and played um, all kinds of excerpts from her brand new CD. And of course, all the other people on The Jazz Show, and especially you out there, the listeners. Take care, and we'll see you in two weeks' time. Bye for now.
Thank you. 